Greetings, travelers. The following episode is of Listener Tales. Now, we do not read these ahead of time, so listener discretion is advised. I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh, wow. We are, we're, we're recording again. This is crazy. It's like, it seems and like we do this a lot. We we probably should to keep our fans happy. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah, thank you all for keeping us, uh, uh, you know, it, enjoying the two times a week. Oh my gosh, that's, uh, you know. Yeah. That was it's, a big deal for us, so. It it was, and it's working out splendidly, muhahaha. <laughs> part of our global domination thing so yeah yes yes if we did global domination which yeah. we're not very good at so um we do have uh some events coming up i think where where are we going to be here shortly uh well we've got the great smoky mountain bigfoot conference coming up yeah yes uh, so that's in july, july. Uh, and yeah, and then right after that tampa bay comic con Yes, yes. Like literally the last weekend in July. And then and then we're on the road to Dragon Con. And yeah, and you're at PopCon. So we'll talk more about those yeah. coming up. But we do have a little bit of an announcement, which is at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival, there will be Erie Travel swag. Swag. So, swag, swag alert. So we will have our t-shirts in and we have some pins and hopefully there'll be a couple other surprises but we have a couple episodes coming up before then so we'll talk about that later and remember if you are a listener and uh you have come and show us that you've subscribed you get a free sticker you do they're pretty cool they're shiny they're kind of wonderful so come come see them but i was told um, they are distracting so i was like I, that's a good i think that's a good come yes <laughs> yes i agree um there is a holiday you know are you going to talk about the holiday, Mark? Which which holiday? I'm it's sorry, I've lost Lith track of the time. So. Litha, Litha. Oh, Litha. I you know I haven't really had it. Uh, that's one of the ones that's it's you know it's it's an interesting holiday. It's uh, it's part of the the Beltane you know fest circle of life. Uh, it's the sun. It's the celebration of abundance, right? So yeah. everything is green, the fruit is everywhere, and it's uh you know, it's it's the way you do this one is you know, hey, eat your fruits and vegetables, eat your strawberries, uh, you know, dance around the maypole. Um, uh, and one of the things it's fun is you can also uh you know, it's 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 midsummer, so you can do your midsummer fire, but don't watch the midsummer movie and uh you know and, and try to celebrate that way. That's a completely different way. Uh, yes, but uh, um, you know, it's yes. basically coming up the longest day of the year. So the sun's shining longer than every year. As we know, here in Florida, the sun sets at, you know, midnight. Uh, it seems like, you know, at least it's as hot as if the sun sets at midnight. No, uh, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, but well, it, this is all about the earth goddess. So you got to love this one. So Yeah. So anyone who celebrates. Hope yeah. It's happy wonderful for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this is going to be a listener a tales episode. Oh, yes. Yes. So We've should we so get many... our, our breaking news out of the way? What? There's breaking news. There. Uh... 
I, I love, love that because you're the one that has the breaking. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's so funny. So, but this is big. I mean, this is you know, we we had an incident in Las Vegas. I mean, this wait, we didn't play our breaking news music. Okay, now we're back. Now you can all talk. Right. All right. So this is crazy. Um, this is the basically the the police get a nine one one call from a family that says, hey, something crashed in our backyard. Now there's weird creatures that yes. have, that are tall alien creatures with big eyes. And what's interesting about this is there are several ring and doorbell cameras. I don't want to just say ring because yeah. there's nest, there's yeah, a ton of them. Another. So we're not plugging right. one, but that actually capture this thing happening as well. Like the moment they say it was a fiery crash, there's a lot of neighbors. So it wasn't just like these guys said it happened. All of their neighbors caught on the ring doorbells, this crash occurring. And uh, and, uh, and the ex-cop who kind of broke this story, because uh, this, this happened May, May the 1st, you know, just after midnight in Las Vegas, uh, they, the, uh, this ex-cop, uh, his name's Doug Papa, um, He's curious because right after this happened, you know, there was police, a police response unit came out because the cop saw the the craft land. He saw the crash. Yeah. And we have body cam footage of him arriving on the scene to talk to the family. Well, what's curious about it is they actually released it. And well, the, the they weird... released uh part of it part of it that's the thing what the big strange part is is this guy is part of the homeland security department of the metro police department they also installed homes they installed video security cameras outside of the home after the incident yeah which is i'm sorry police department that's freaking yeah. weird and um you know and then this this uh that, that podcaster was the first to notice that and then he interviewed the family a couple times and um and he's like you know i don't believe in ufos but the family he felt was credible but then during the second visit he noticed those security cameras and the family told him the cops installed them supposedly to protect them from ufo nuts who are going to come bother them um and um he's like but cops don't come out and put up very expensive video equipment like that and they certainly don't do that for people who call in about ufos but then they released the body cam footage and it showed the ufo you know streaking across the sky and and the, the family on their phone call is like it is 100 percent not human and but the channel 8 news got hold of the body cam footage and released it but what's of that from the flash? And then uh, there were people who picked up that flash all over from Utah to California and others. And um, that was when the, the family called and said, hey, we got something weird. Um, wow. And, and here I love the quote is, uh, we just see in the corner of our eye something falling down from the sky and it was with lights. And when it hit, there was like a big impact and we felt like an energy. And then we hear like a lot of footsteps near us. And then we have like a big equipment and we see there's like an eight foot person beside it. 
and another one's inside and it has big eyes looking at us. They're very large, like eight, nine, 10 foot tall. They're not human, 100%, they're not human. Um, so very strange stuff. But that police footage, right, comes out and he's talking in that where he's saying it was a tall, skinny creature, gray, greenish color. When I looked at it in my eyes, my body just froze and he had a weird feeling. And then now what's weird is the timeline doesn't have up. And the police department says they do not have a Homeland Security Department. Oh, but then it was pointed out to them on their website, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's led oh. by a deputy chief. Uh, and so now they're going to prepare a statement about the, the cameras, but they disappeared shortly after the story broke. Of, that of, course, spotted. of course. Well, you know, that, uh, that whole thing is interesting because it still goes back to what we talk about a lot that yeah. I don't know if the world is quite ready, but I think we're close. I think we're close to some of this being acknowledged because yeah. The more and more we have the ability to record things, it's one thing, and we're going to talk about Flatwoods where it's kids and they go get their stepmom and all you have is eyewitness accounts of what happened because they did not have cell phone cameras. But no. now with the advent of all the technology, like you can't, you can't men in black it anymore, as we like to say, you know, yeah. so that's, that's very, very interesting. And then um, what happened was the investigative reporters looking into all this and the, the two podcasters who were doing all the interviews and all that, they discovered there's missing minutes. It's oh, like the Nixon tape. It was redacted. Uh, oh, here's body cam footage. You know what's interesting is I actually think that's against the law to redact body cam footage with all the laws that came out since the unfortunate George Floyd incident yep. where you're not allowed to, but it'll be interesting as that can of worms is un, is opened. Um, I, I do want to throw in our news from paranormal magazine, because oh, if you wait. go on their site, purchase anything and use the code travels, um, you get a wonderful discount, but apparently, speaking of security footage, and I just was, there was a mysterious figure caught on camera in the San Cayetano neighborhood, and um, so there's there's a link to it, so there's an interesting video, but there's this thing that moves, this shadowy figure that moves around, but it's moving so fast that it can't be an animal or a human or something like that. So, you know, it's been sent over to the paranormal experts to give their feedback on what they think it is, but it doesn't say whether or not it's eight to nine feet tall. Who knows? Maybe mm. they were caravanning. That can happen. What? Maybe, yeah, maybe it was a, maybe this was like the predecessor to an invasion. Yes. Oh, can we not say that? I think they're coming here because we have good bananas or something. Like, oh, let's be possible. nice. They, they we could have something. World. They could They could want to come for Carnival. I mean, in Brazil. I think they want to come to the Mothman Festival. And they're just. Oh, hell, hell yeah, Mothman. Yeah, coming just, early. Just don't have something that irradiates us, please, because we're going to be there. So, um, but let's dive into our listener tales. Do you yes. want to start, Mark? Thank, well, thank you so much for sending these to us, folks. Yes. Uh, Yes. Sure just go to the Erie Travels website. There's a button to click to send us a story, or you can just email me, Mark at Erie Travels, and I'll uh, 
I'll look at them too. And, uh, you know, they, they all, it all comes to us so we can sort it and, and, you know, and, and, and look at it. And we thank you all for your comments and, you know, corrections from previous episodes and, and other things, you know, we, we, we take all of that very seriously to heart and we try to make things work as best we can. So, uh, but anyway, absolutely. Thank you all very much. And by the way, me and Mark are acutely aware of how imperfect we are. Yes. So yes. We do perfect. own it when we mess things up. So please feel free to call us out on our, our bullshit. Sometimes we appreciate and, it. Um, and I, and I do, and I do like some of the people suggesting drinking games. Some of those have been, uh, pretty hysterical Ooh. so oh let's do that i would love to do an eerie travels drinking game you yeah, know well, me I, I, <laughs> well the one is when you say nope and uh and, oh. you know, and don't like that those are those are erica's catchphrases apparently and, I, I i appreciate that and just for the record i think with the episodes we have coming up in october you're gonna get very drunk very <laughs> drunk. <laughs> and and mine is apparently when i say i know <laughs> Oh, oh, I think that anybody choosing those two options are, is going to get drunk every episode. Please do not yeah. be driving or intend I to drive. I would say that is definitely not a shot thing. This would definitely yeah. be a, you know, a, a maybe a sip of your Long Island iced tea and you'd finish Why, is, why are people having a Long Island iced tea? Can't they have like a really nice, you know, mixed drink that doesn't have 20 alcohols in it? What well, do that we? That's, that's my go-to. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, Mark. Oh. Yeah. Okay, listener tales. Let's get All right, into so, it. So, yeah, so get out your Long Island iced teas, gang, and uh, you know, let's enjoy these listener tales. So, all right. So, uh, this first one comes to us from Jake, and I, you know, he doesn't want us to say much more than that. So, I'm going to assume it's Jake from State Farm. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Jake, thank you so much for sending us this. And yes, are you, thank guys, you, Jake? Buckle up. This is fun. So, okay, so my I'm ready. Family is from Arizona. And even though when I was younger, I never believed in cryptids, I thought people like my cousin and grandpa were crazy. No offense. But now going through. What? I said none taken. None taken, yeah. But now going through my grandpa's journals and all his notes and comparing them to my cousins on all the cryptids we have in our home state, I find myself looking back and laughing. My grandpa would always tell us of his camping trips, leaving a bowl of soup for his friend, the Bigfoot of Turkey Creek, and one from here in y'all's neck of the woods, the Snallygaster. I realize now I was wrong to think of them as crazy James does what he does to honor our grandpa, because in reality, they were best friends that would talk for hours and hours about the subject of hidden creatures. This was their escape from judgment. They were what my, grandpa, my, my grandma would say, two peas in a pod. And even now he sits across from me wearing glasses that look like my grandpa's and draw maps of cryptid sightings here in Appalachia or Appalachia or Appalachia, depending on which part of the uh, Mason Dixon line you're on. All right, well, so anyway. We're going to get a new email correcting you on how to say that. But yep, yep. So uh, he told me a story of when him and grandpa went to the Chiricahua National Monument and all day they would hunt for Bigfoot sign or anything that could lead them to a new discovery. He would smile real big as a kid anytime my grandpa would bring him arrowheads and knives with a deer antler for a handle. But most of all, he kept every journal my grandpa ever wrote and reads them like, they're, like they are holy texts. He told me of the Bigfoot here in Appalachia that him and my grandpa wanted to look for one day. And I think one of you mentioned it on a previous podcast 
from Pennsylvania. I forget the spelling of it, but it's rather small compared to the rest of the known legends. Did he asked we, me, we did talk about that. We did talk yeah. about the smaller Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. He asked me if I would like to one day go with him and follow along the trails my grandpa mapped out to see if there was any validity to some of the eyewitness reports. My only thoughts were I'd be honored to walk with him down that path and see the world my cousin and grandpa truly loved and lived in. Does anyone have any folklore on the Bigfoot for Pennsylvania that I could look up and compare it to my cousin's knowledge? Oh, reaching out to our fellow listeners and other, you know, eerie travelers to say, hey, if you got anything on Bigfoot from Pennsylvania, let him know. He'd like to research it. Yeah, no, send that to us. We'll share. Oh, that brings all the tears. Yeah, that is so sweet. And you know, Jake, Jake from State Farm. Um, we do understand because it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this world that is not clear or understandable. We talked a little bit about the alien ship crashing into yep. the people's yards. We assume it's aliens since we haven't seen any. Well, we don't know. People. It's stuff we don't know. They saw something but, that freaked them out. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, a couple some things and then seems to be a cover up. Um, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, which I'm on board for. Mm -hmm. um, but I love this. And I think we told a story about another person in one of our listener tales that left soup for his Bigfoot friend. Yep. You know? Yep. And, and I I love you know Mark I love hearing when we're when we're looking for on the hunt because I hate the word hunt in a way yeah. for Bigfoot that we're looking to have it in a very nice um, sweet um, harmon non-harmonic harm anyway <laughs> not using all the words properly I started my own drinking game um, but I think that's wonderful Jake thank you so much for sharing yes. that with us. And, and I think and it would be fun for you to go on that. And especially not that you have to go on and force yourself to believe, but go on and hear that person's perspective because you know, there's that age old adage, walk a mile in a person's shoes. Yeah. You get to see things from their perspective. Just be willing to know that their perspective and their reality may be different than yours, but it's still theirs. I did like that you mentioned the Snallygaster too, uh, which is one of my favorite monsters. We wrote about him in Erie Appalachia. And I loved him because he roamed so far and picked up small children and drained them of blood with it. it it's just one of the great cryptids. It's a, looks like a pterodactyl. So kind of a thunderbird, but then it has tentacles coming out of its mouth. There may have been metallic parts. It's, it's one of the wild stories. My favorite thing about it was Napoleon's nephew supposedly shot it with a cannonball. And so, and it bounced off. So oh. Teddy Roosevelt decided to postpone a trip to Africa, a diplomatic trip to Africa, because he wanted to hunt the creature because Napoleon's nephew could shoot at it. So could he. So. Wow. Well, well, we'll have to do a deeper dive into the Snallygaster, oh, although Snally's I do play great. the video game Ark, and it seems like something I could have armored my pterodactyl to do. But I'm just I'm going to let that go for now. because <laughs> We have more listener tales. Jake, oh, yes, yes. Thank you I, so uh, much for sharing your story with us. Yes, the amazing story. So. Okay, the next one, the next one we got is from Paul C. Hi, Paul. Um, I'm going to take this one. <laughs> Feel like the drinking game could start. So it begins with, this story always gives me the chills. I shiver thinking about it. 
I was about 12 years old, hanging out with my best friend's family for the most part. Me too, Paul, me too. Um, I'd left the I'd left living at home with my grandparents and pretty much been adopted by a new family. They were poor, but loved me and took me in. I'm forever grateful. Oh, that's super that's sweet. Always, that's always nice. Yeah. One of the sisters, Kathy, oh, the Kathy name. We just have that on the <laughs> friends. Okay. Had gone and gotten married and had two kids. I babysat once in a while. So she and her hubby could have time out alone. They were good children, so it was easy and kind of fun being responsible and trusted. Her husband, Eddie's parents, owned a family house on the side of the road between Welch and Pineville. It was in the middle of nowhere, no neighbors, heavy woods, very beautiful in the day, but lock yourself in at night. It's scary out there. Living on a dark mountain, Paul, I agree. Can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> exactly. They asked me to go out there to watch the kids overnight so they could go to a club in Pineville. And of course, I said, yes, the house has history. It was owned by the family for generation and is said to be haunted by an uncle that had a wooden leg. Oop, oop, I already got goosebumps. Oh, we're not even a third of the way through. Ah! Okay. You could hear him at night walking around, clomping up the stairs, tapping on the floors. Oh my gosh. There are also stories of mountain people that lived in the heavy woods there, witches and Bigfoot. We were warned to stay close to the house and not go into the woods at all. There was a lot to be scared of. Oh my goodness. I'm already scared and I'm not even halfway through this story. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm loving woods with witches and Bigfoot. That's oh my God. I am. No, nope. I would not agree to babysit. Okay. That night, we went to the house just before dark. Eddie and Kathy left me with the kids and went on their date. I was a little nervous, and the children also knew the history of the house. Needless to say, we were already on edge. Then we heard the clomping on the porch stairs outside. Ooh, nope, nope, nope. Clomp step, <laughs> clomp step. We were freaking out. I had the lights on outside and there was nobody there. It was easy to see through the big window. The kids were trying to watch TV, but it kept fizzing out because of the bad reception. No cable. Now we're hearing noises and it's getting late. I decided it was time to put the kids to bed and try to go to sleep. Bless you, Paul, if you were able to go to sleep in that, because that would not be me. Didn't we talk about that in Hopkinsville? When it, when it yeah. gets crazy, put the kids to bed. It's all yeah, good. yeah. Next to the living room, there was a bedroom for the kids. The bed was situated so that you could lay there and watch TV through the door. I turned off the TV, put the kids to bed. They wanted me to read them a story, so I picked one of the books and sat on the bed and started to read aloud. Before I could get the first page finished, the TV popped on in the living room. Zap! A heavy electrical electric fizz came over the speaker. We were stunned in wide mouth silence. I couldn't believe my eyes. The screen was all pixelated black and white. My hair stood up all over my body and I watched a horrific face form in the screen. Oh my goodness. Two big black eyes, then two nostrils, then a slit of a mouth that started to widen into a sharp razor blade evil grin. Well, that's well written. Well written. Oh my God. Very, oh. Heebie-jeebies. Okay. We all started screaming at once. The children jumped onto the pillows and tried to hide behind me. I was screaming. Two kids. This is 
oh, I've seen this movie before. Oh my God, not really, but oh. I was screaming so loud and ready to faint. It was awful, evil, and grinning at us. I jumped from the bed and ran to the living room. I rushed to the TV and tried to turn it off. The eyes followed me as I moved. Oh, oh, the children were screaming and bam, Eddie burst through the door. They were worried about us and came home early. They had just pulled up and got out of the car when we started screaming and they could hear us from outside. He ran into the living room. What the hell is going on? He yelled. I couldn't speak. I was petrified. All I could do was point to the DV. Eddie turned around and the look on his face was pure terror. He screamed. He quickly tried to turn off the TV. The face was grinning and the eyes followed Eddie as he reached behind the TV to unplug it. The face was still there. By the time Kathy and the kids, uh, by the time Kathy had the kids on the porch and I grabbed our bags, we ran to the car and jumped in. Eddie didn't even turn off the lights. He slammed the door behind him, ran to the car, and got us out of there so fast, bar I barely remember leaving. We drove to Welch into Welch in silence. The kids were whimpering, and I didn't want to traumatize them further. I never babysat for them again. We only talked about this once, but it still haunts me to this day. Paul, this is going to haunt me from now on. <laughs> There is a lot oh. to unpack there. Oh my, oh my God. God. So, oh, you're going to have to start, Mark. Oh my and God. Paul, Paul, I want to tell you, you have the makings of a great storyteller, story writer. That was incredible. Oh, so, that is um, terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, um, I, I would say off the top of my head, you know, you, you got some very poltergeist like activity, you know, with, you know, TVs turning off and on, the clomping sound. That's you know classic poltergeist where yeah. you know and uh you know the wooden leg grandpa seems to be something might be you know real might be created and all that but the TV with the eyes and the nostrils and the smile that is right out of what we were talking about our wonderful fear mongers playbook yeah that uh, is totally your a fear and, and builds up on that. And I'm, I'm thinking this is a time a little while ago. Uh, I'd like to, you know, Paul, if you want to reach back out, I, I, I sent you an email back saying, hey, you know, when was this? Because uh, this is, uh, it sounds like it was a time when, you know, no cable, so it was antenna TV, I'm assuming the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that would be. Uh, or 80s. Yeah, or early, 80s. early 80s, early 80s, maybe. Uh, but it's still, I mean, that's terrifying. And there are, I mean, as much as we talk about, you know, they're here, there have been a lot of stories with radio, especially older radio and TV, of things trying to communicate through them, right? Yeah. And it is, oh, the, I've heard other ghost stories from people or whatever we want to call them, yeah. where they go to turn off the item or unplug the item and it's still going. Still goes. Like yeah, the record the player is still playing. It, but yeah, yeah oh. back then you just turned it off. It didn't work. You didn't think two steps ahead like that sometimes. So yeah, uh, but if you turn off something, you unplug it, and it's still going. Yeah. Uh, Paul, and if, if the fear is building and the tension is there, you don't think straight either because yeah. you're you're in that fight or flight mode, and at that point, flight is definitely the option. Yeah. Ooh, I would have. No, uh, but you know, what's scary about that is you're hearing the noise from outside. You're younger. Yeah. Like if you go into the mindset as adults, we have a different 
sometimes different mindset of things, but as a yeah. child and a younger person, I'm going to say, Paul, for your age, um, you know, you're hearing it outside. You have the terrifying woods. It's not like you're running to a neighbor's house or something. Like, where do you go? What do you do? Like, I, I, it's interesting to think about what the next steps would have been in that had Eddie not come home. But I also think it's interesting that the parents started feeling something was wrong to come home. Yeah. And we know as parents, Mark, we're both parents, that when you yeah. get that gut feeling, you go with that gut feeling. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, and it's, it was, uh, yes, hats off, Eddie, to coming home. And uh, nope, 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 nope. That's what I'm going to say. Several nopes. Um, anyway, okay, over to you for the next one, because I oh, need man. to recover I, from that one. I almost, I almost uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, maybe I should get some blankets and hide under the covers after that one so yeah no i'm i that's exactly what i'm gonna do as soon as we're recording um yeah so now this next one is nice and long okay uh, and this is from shana and shana thank Shana. you so much for sending this this is uh this was in response where we were talking about how uh the hudson ufo oh okay talked about uh where i mentioned that people on facebook started sharing stories of the advent of social media and you know and and all that so she shared this with us and so um awesome. and i was an adult when i joined facebook and first told my story about my ufo experience i had as a boy i had no idea that when it happened in the early 70s that multiple ufo sighting reports were in the papers in the area and even photos i was about nine or ten i had a new bike and a broken hand in a cast Whoa, typical America. Yeah. Yes. I hit a kid in a scuffle. I regret it now because he's one of the nicest people I know. But anyway, here's my encounter. I like that's a nice way to start. So uh, I like that too. It was a hot day. I had a new bike I'd gotten for my birthday. Unfortunately, I had ridden it onto the railroad tracks to Lincoln's Park and got a flat. So I took it to the Shell station by Browns Creek to get it fixed. The station attendant was a nice guy, fixed my flat and sent me to the air pump to put air in my tire. And that's when things got crazy. Of course, of course. As I was starting to walk past the gas pumps to go home, the attendant yelled, what the F is that? I like that they blanked it in the letter too. Yes, yeah, so I will say I'm going to properly do it. What the fuck is that? Good, continue. <laughs> yeah. And he was pointing at the sky. The valley we were in was between two peaks of the mountains, and what I saw filled the entire sky between those peaks. It was a huge rectangular metal. It started coming over the ridge behind the gas station, moved in slow motion, and before the edge of the back crossed the ridge behind me, the front of it crossed the ridge on the opposite peak of the valley. It had to be as big as several football fields. It darkened the entire sky Whoa. we stood there in silence as it moved across the sky above us it was silent but i could feel a static like charge and the air was very crisp the attendant was as mesmerized as i was as it disappeared behind the ridge across the valley we looked at each other in disbelief realizing we'd just seen a ufo a mothership at that he ran into the station and i rode my bike like lightning back home I tried to tell my grandma what I saw, but she didn't want to hear it. Thought I was making it up. Been there, done that. Yes. Uh, by, the by that age, my grandma had made me my own room in the basement. 
It was my father's old hunting den. I was always scared to sleep down there. My dad's ghost visited me there, but that's a different story for later. We oh my God, share that story. Yeah. What? Why is that not in this? Okay, sorry, I got excited. Yeah. Woo. Anyway, that night I had a hard time getting to sleep, but when I did pass out, something very odd happened to me. I'll never believe it was a dream. I woke up and couldn't move. I tried to lift my head, but it was being held down. There was a very bright light above me and surrounding my bed were several beings. I could only see their silhouettes against the bright light, but I thought they were doctors. I tried to scream and couldn't. The pain in my stomach was very intense. I knew they were cutting me open. I looked down and saw that one of the beings had something in his hand. He was pulling it out of my tummy where my navel is. It was a lizard-shaped embryo they had implanted in my tummy to grow and had come to take it out. Oh, oh, alien vibes. Oh, and this yeah. is before aliens. So, oh no, yeah. no, no. So I saw him taking it out of me. That's when one of them realized I was awake and he put his hand on my face. As I started to pass back out, I heard one of them say, we're losing this one. I passed out, but when I woke up the next morning, my stomach was so sore and I had an extreme feeling of loss uh, as, as though the doctors I saw had stole my baby. I burst into tears of pain and horrible loss, such strong feelings for a little boy. I really thought I had lost my baby. I had no idea what to think about it all, but I knew something was really wrong. I knew it was real. Once again, tried to tell my grandma she wasn't having any of it. The next night, while we were all home, my uncle ran into the house. He was yelling for my grandpa to get his guns and get the truck keys. There was a group of teenage boys outside that had been watching a huge craft of some sort floating above the ridge above Tug River and it was dipping down into the forest and moving along the ridge. They wanted to go up to the old WXEE radio tower road and track it down. As they drove off into the night, my grandma started to cry and begged them to come back. I touched her shoulder as we watched the lights on the ridge from that window in the living room. She looked down with me with a look I'll never forget. She realized I had told the truth. She believed everything I had told her. She grabbed me and sobbed. Aww. Later that night, my grandpa and uncle returned. They couldn't find the lights, but they were really freaked out. This isn't the only UFO story I've got. More to come later. As an adult, I was asked why I thought I'd been used in breeding experiments by aliens. I say, what a great specimen to use. A mountain boy that's always alone in the woods will only complain of a tummy ache and a wild story of aliens no one will believe. Perfect. That was my first encounter with alien abduction as a boy in those Appalachian mountains of West Virginia. I was later sent newspaper articles from this time period reporting the sighting of a belch above Belcher Mountain. I wasn't the only one. Oh, Dana, okay. I hope to see you at Mothman. You said you will probably see us there. So please come talk to us. We would love to talk to you. I immediately need this story about your father and any more of these stories about this and yeah, the UFO stories will be great so. I'll tell you you know one of the things that's interesting about any of these stories that occur is I think it really does mentally help you when somebody else acknowledges it like the first oh, the TV story you know 
Eddie, the adult, came in and saw the situation, right? Yeah. In this case, the grandmother believed him. I think that's important to acknowledge so that you feel heard. And yeah. wow, I would like a, a, ooh, a boy having that story of a loss of a baby. That's really intense. And that's a very specific feeling yeah. to have that I, I, I don't know of any boys that are told and described this feeling, especially back in these times. Right. Right. And then we're all, you know, and especially, you know, the reptilians and stuff like that, that didn't, that's, that's a whole newish version of alien history. We're talking, you know, late eighties, early nineties for that. So this would have been, you know, predate that a little bit, the, but the big flying rectangle going over between mountain to mountain that we've heard, that sounds very similar to our Hudson Valley. Sighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, I think we need to take a quick break. Me and you need to refresh, and we'll be right back yeah, with more listener tales. Watching the skies, gang. Erie, Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. And we're back. We're back. Okay. I have a I have a short one to the the next ones. Um, and then I think we have a total of four more. So I will yeah. I'll do I'll do this one. Okay. Buckle up, gang. Buckle up. This is from Zelda. Um, wow. First sentence. I believe I had my first out-of-body experience the other morning. It was like I felt every touch of everything happening. I won't go into what exactly was going on that woke me up to sore feeling that lingered on the rest of the day. I would like to infer something there, but that is my very dirty mind. Okay, continuing <laughs> on. I'm highly sensitive, seen spirits my whole life, an empath, intuitive, and have had visions since I was 20. I was told one day I would have an out-of-body experience, but I didn't imagine it would come true. Thoughts. By the way, I'm trying to research the witch of Carney Fork in North Carolina. She was a hog said to my kin who had a baby in Galloway, kin on the other side. 
Okay. Oh, we need to we need to look into the witch. Let's That's, do she, that. She out to us because she was wondering if I knew anything about it. And uh, to be fair, I've just started looking into that area. So okay. Well, I'm I'm adding it to our list. Um, Zelda, thank you for that. That'll we be up near your secret mountain bunker. Yeah. yeah. We would love more of your stories, but yes, out of body experiences. We'll have to cover that more deeply because. You know, it is very interesting when um, there are a lot of people who talk about looking down on themselves, especially during traumatic things. And there's a lot of um, younger people. We kind of talked about this a little bit in our, in you know, Invisible um, Friends episode. I refuse to call them imaginary. Um, yeah. Where people, uh, children talk about looking down on themselves and seeing the room or things like that, where they're seeing their body below them. And I think that I personally believe having nothing to do with um, Mark's belief, we'll hear that in a moment, yeah. but I personally believe that we are spirits, souls, whatever we want to call it. And these are just our bodies that we use to kind of walk around on this plane, because to me that explains a little bit on ghosts and things like that and spirits that we talk about because there can be something between the corporal is that the right word in the incorporeal or non-corporal did i say that right corporeal and corporeal thank you yes oh my god see i just warranted an email about how oh, we're gonna get another email yeah, yeah. <laughs> another email but i you know i that's my personal belief that there's a difference there's something that obviously tethers us to these you know meat meat suits that we're in um actually writing a fiction book about that right now so more to come on that when that's closer but i that's my personal belief what about you mark what, uh, what do you think? out of body experiences you know everything from astral projection to remote viewing and and all that stuff there i mean there are studies on this government was very interested in this you know, to, you know, see if we could use it for spying techniques. And this is kind of some of that MK Ultra stuff as well that we talked about before. They, you know, they, they believe it so much that they had a branch looking at it, you know, into these things that look, there's a great movie, uh, uh, which was based on a great book, uh, Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, was based oh, on. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what this is. This is, people see this stuff and people have these experiences. And, you know, some, you know, that was the whole, point of uh you know mushrooms and the psychedelic movement was to try to encourage these uh out-of-body experiences and stuff like that but we've got I, I think you know zelda i think you had your you know a, some something happened and it sounds like you've already had other things in your life that had opened the door so you know this was and as you said somebody told you this was gonna happen so and now it did and we'd love to hear more of your stories and more of your tales keep in touch yes and, uh, please hopefully we will see you at one of our events soon or if nothing else you know just drop us another line so yes and here's the thing i firmly believe that one of the things is when the door gets opened if you don't have proper protections and things that door is open like yeah. you know you're anyway you're susceptible to it that's a, a belief i have but anyway um okay okay your next one mark okay now this one is uh uh another you know, good size one. So uh, hang on, gang. But I think you're going to like this. Uh, and this one comes to us from Juan Rosales. And um, I hope I pronounced that right, Juan. So um, I do not believe that what I'm about to tell you is a paranormal phenomenon. 
but it is certainly unexplained. Thank you for starting that way. I like that. Yes. Uh, growing up, I lived in a one-family house in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Lawrence, Lawrence, Massachusetts is known for their old mills. Anyways, that is beyond the point. The point is, when I was in my teens, my family and I experienced something terrifying. We were all in separate rooms doing our normal routine at the time when out of nowhere, I get this sense of dread that lasted about a second. Then boom, a large explosion rocked the house. So many things ran through my mind. I thought for sure a house blew up or something to that magnitude happened. My family all gathered in one room. We were clearly all rattled about the situation. My mom called the cops. They arrived on scene and searched the area. When they were done searching, it was said they could not find a source to the sound. Therefore, we just went back to our normal lives, more perplexed than ever. First we of all, when everyone hears that, that's one thing. If it's one person that's going, I heard a loud explosion, but if the entire house heard it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The, the one person hearing it that's you know there's conditions that cause that you can have that in the ear you can you know brain issues and other things uh it's uh i forget what it's called it's something syndrome where you hear crashes and stuff um yes we used to hear that back in the backyard to help you but that usually was something crashing so oh <laughs> uh, well let's not even get what you left in the backyard of help yeah. you but okay continue on continue on all right, we soon forgot about the incident and moved forward as it never happened. Then a few days later, we were doing our own thing in our rooms when out of nowhere, the same dread washed over me again and boom, the explosion sound again. We did not call the cops again and we did not do anything else about it. We went back to our normal lives again. A few days after the third boom, a few days after that, a third boom rocked the neighborhood. At that point, we thought it was not a coincidence. Someone must be setting up these explosion sounds. Despite searching for the answers ourselves, we could not find an explanation. Eventually, I had forgotten about the whole situation. The subject did not appear in family conversations for years to come. Anywho, I stumbled across an episode of The Proof is Out There. In this episode, they spoke of a similar instance of unexplained booms. In this specific case, it happened in San Diego. In that episode, you can see surveillance video of a city block being shook by an unexplained boom. They did a full analysis of the surveillance video. It turned out it was authentic and not tampered. In some instances, the booms could be human made, but there was no evidence of that. And so they ruled it out to be unexplained. Keyword, unexplained. I like how you wrote that though. The episode reminded me how confused I was as to what the noise was. I was also wondering why it was that I got the sense of dread literally a second before the loud explosion. Is there anyone who has experienced a similar thing or who can maybe shed some light to this unexplained phenomenon? And I love you reached out to us with that. So, Well, first of all, listeners, if you've had this experience or anything that um, Juan is asking for, please send it to us. We will absolutely share it. Um, you know, there was talk in I, about something like this having to do with, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but alien crafts or crafts hitting certain speeds or entering into, you know, airspace and things I like think that. Also natural craft doing that. It's called the sound barrier. And there's the sonic boom 
that happens when people break the sound barrier. So um, that could have been naval testing, could have been Air Force testing, could be anything. That area does have a lot of uh, shipyards and other things. So military do do drills out there, but that's odd that the police would have come out and investigated because they know when there's naval testing and stuff like that for the most part, uh, you know, unless it's a classified operation or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of things are classified, but one, you're not alone. Uh, similar yeah. people have had this in similar times. There have been governmental agencies, I'll put it that way, that have gone, we don't know what you're talking about. The sense of dread is interesting, but I kind of wonder if the sense of dread has to do with, um, and I'm going to forget the exact name of this now, but when we become in danger as humans, and people sometimes talk about this like right before they get in an accident or something like that, there, what is that called? There's a word for what that's Makes called sense. when you. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pre, it's Pretty a, cool. uh, Precog precognition you know it's yeah uh... precognition and i think that has something to do with it where you know you kind of like a cat or a dog or animals sense things before the danger actually arrives it's part of a survival mechanism we have now because we've been you know close close to the top of the food chain for many 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 moons as a species you know, I think this has kind of waned a little bit in us because it hasn't been as necessary as it was previously. Um, that's that is my take with absolutely no scientific or medical degree. Well, no, I, I think we do get that little, you know, sense of something's not right, you know, that little the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and stuff like that. Um, you know, this the spidey sense, you know, for from Spider-Man and all that, uh, amplified by a thousand. Um yeah. I think that's part of it. I also, you know, like I said, for the sonic, you know, it could be sonic booms, could be, you know, could be, you know, minor tremors in that area. Uh, there are a lot of fault lines uh, throughout the United States that people don't think about much. We all think California is where all the earthquakes happen. No, they happen everywhere. Uh, yeah. and some are very localized, like a very small area. Um, there was an island in Florida that had a loose gas main under it that would pop every once in a while and they just kind of left it because they didn't have the money to fix it and it would just make the ground shake a little bit in a very small area like one neighborhood so uh they just you know it was kind of like old faithful it would just happen every once in a while so i mean it could be a lot of those things i don't know i agree with you one i i, I think it's just unexplained i think it's you know, yeah I, yeah I, i'm not i'm not willing to stamp you know ufo or alien on that or or even paranormal. I think it's just something we don't know what it is. So yes. thanks for sending it. Yes, yes. And listener tales, please, listeners, if you have a similar story, share it with us. We'll share it. Um, okay, this next one is from Iron Bear. Oh, I love that name. Here we go. So I know this is a podcast for folklore and cryptids, but I have to honor some things, especially the time-honored tradition of the hunt. Ooh, the heart of every Bigfoot or Sasquatch or cryptid enthusiast is the hunter. We hunt the truth no matter what. I love that. Through that. That being said, a hunter of any kind has a loyal member of his hunting party, and that is his dog. Sadly, this member was shorter lifespan than us, and until the day they die, they watch over us as we sleep and protect those we hold dear with everything they can for 
they can all for a few pets and a good boy or a good girl and a bowl of food. Mm. Sadly, this week, my family's hunting party got a little smaller. My baby boy Popo dog passed away. He was old, but every bit like a puppy as his brothers. Oh, oh. why am I reading the sad dog story? It's probably good. Callie, our producer, is in the background because she yeah, she's would not she's be doing good with right this. now because she's yeah. in tears already. I know. Okay. Poe was the only dog I can ever say there will be. Poe was the only dog I can ever say there will be never another like him. He was too special to describe, and he protected my mother and my father better than anyone ever and could have and saved my life more than once. He was the perfect dog. My only wish is that he is somewhere up above looking down with his sister Lucy and enjoying a nice belly rub and a game of tug of war with my grandpa. Oh, it's sad and hurts. The sad hurts will be one member short from now on, especially in my journey to seek the truth behind the cryptids and folklore. But I'll carry on like Poe's always vigilant and always hungry. But Poe was only ever hungry for a big treat and an even bigger steak after a good hunt laugh out loud i'll miss you baby boy and i don't worry i'll protect mom and dad for you now and i'll go out and find what's find that there's bigfoot for big you, foot for you. Yeah, i like that that they're bigfoot for you yeah and treat him with the same kindness you always treated everyone Minus the big kisses you gave people. Laugh out loud. I think that's probably a good idea, um, Iron Bear. Do not kiss Bigfoot. Don't go, don't go licking new people. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not a cryptid related, but let's face it. Anyone knows hunting of any kind knows a dog, especially one used for hunting, is the best tool you can have to see things you can't see, especially when they're protecting you from something. Keep this in mind when you go out into the woods with your dogs, guys. When they are looking off in the distance and their tail has stopped moving, you should stop as well, face the direction they are, and back slowly. They have recognized a potential threat and are making sure they place themselves between you and whatever they sense is not friendly. Respect your dog's warning and move out of the area. And once your dog returns to normal and their tail is wagging, give them a treat and a good boy or good girl, depending um, they have just done something amazing for you and you're alive for their efforts. Love Aww. that. Mm -hmm. Love that so much. I do love that. And, you know, we were just talking about sort of a precognition thing, but it's very true. I think, you know, I love that you're hunting for the truth and you say that because if you're going to hunt for any of these things, let it be for the truth of them and not for any other reason. And um i i agree i'm sorry you lost your dog iron bear i i get it i'm i right now i'm sitting in here with my puppy which um absolutely warns me of things and stuff like that and um it does give unconditional love and that's something um animals do i know you have sort of a scaly dog mark because i have a scaly allergy dog so yeah, Claudius, which, you know, having a giant monitor lizard in your house is also a plus, 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 plus my, for some My things. previous monitor lizard saved my life. So, um, oh, I really? Had, yep. I had a, one, my previous monitor lizard when I was in high school, his name was uh, Quasi, short for Quasimodo, because he was almost a Komodo dragon. So he was a Quasi Modo. Oh. Uh, and, uh, and it was, I liked having fun names with my pets. But I agree. Uh, Mine's named after a video game. So yeah, I get it. so quasi one night 
uh, he just would run around the house. It was just, that was just, he had his aquarium, but he didn't stay in it very long. And uh, same with Claudius here now. Uh, they, they, they go back there when they want to get warm up. But one day, out of the blue, now the Savannah monitors are probably one of the most docile pets you will ever have, unless you are a mouse or a piece of fish or, you know, or, or any meat, you know, you know, they might go for it. But for people, they, they look at us like, you know, just we're big trees and, uh, you know, and, and, and that sometimes give them food. So they don't, yeah. they're not very aggressive at all. And then one day out of the blue, he came over, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and he like came up and bit me on my toe. And now I thought maybe he thought it was a mouse or something that he could eat, but that was very unusual. And he, I'd never been bitten by him for years. Wow. And, I, heck, and now normally when they bite something, they latch onto it and don't let go like a crocodile or an alligator. They roll, you know, they, they're not going to let go, but he literally, once he realized he bit me, he took off running. And I was like, what the heck? So I got up to go chase him and said, what the hell was that about? As soon as I got up, the ceiling fan in my room collapsed right where I was sitting. Oh my gosh. Right where I was sitting. So. Wow. The the roof. Yeah. Well, hello, Quasimodo. And yeah, no, that's sad when Quasi finally passed years later, but uh, he saved my life. So that is amazing. And I think we could probably get a ton of listener tales of people's pets who saved their lives. But. Iron Bear, I'm sorry you lost Popo. Um, I do yeah. hope he's looking down, and I do hope he gets to play that tug of war with Grandpa because that yeah. would be kind of epic. And getting all the belly rubs, all, all the belly, belly rubs. rubs. I I think we have one more, Mark. What is one more? One? And, we'll, and we'll we'll wrap up this edition. So okay. all right, uh, this is from Rick, and Rick says you might enjoy this. My grandfather said it was 100% accurate. I believe him. My great uncle Rufus was a believer in the occult ghosts and spirits. So when a severe storm rolled into the hollow, my grandfather and uncle Rufus left the field and headed to the barn. They took the mule named Sailor to his stall. Sailor was a big mule in his prime and completely white. After securing the barn, the boys headed to the house to wait out the storm. As they reached the front porch, they turned just in time to see a bolt of lightning dance on the barn's metal roof. From Grandpa's description, it must have been some St. Elmo's fire. They talked about. Do we want to explain what St. Elmo's fire is? St. Elmo's fire is like a glow from electricity. Uh, it usually is around storms. Uh, it 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 looks like this green dancing light, usually sometimes blue, uh, and it's 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 from charged particles in the atmosphere, and it 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 makes a glow. It's it's kind of like phos- bioluminescence, but it's not bio. It's actually in the air so yeah yeah again it's another another one of those we don't have fully 100 percent understand how it works because we can't we can kind of make it happen but it's never it's one of those never the same thing twice it's like looking at a rainbow you never see the same rainbow you're not even seeing the same rainbow somebody else's because different angles of light you know you can't be standing in somebody else's exact position so that is true because that uh, would be weird and body snatching and you probably all right so so they saw that weird light and they, they talked about the specter they had seen and both were completely baffled. Grandpa wanted to go to the barn to check things out, but Rufus was petrified with fear and refused to leave the house for the rest of the day. Come breakfast the following morning, Grandpa was attempting to describe to the rest of the family 
the fire show they had witnessed the day before. Just then, Uncle Rufus came in from outside. He had gone to the barn alone. Overhearing Grandpa's story, he interrupted and said, and I'll tell you what we saw. That was old sailor's ghost. He's laying down there dead. What? So the mule had died. And, you know, healthy in his prime mule, according to the story. And... So, Yikes! So to, now, now my thought is maybe the lightning killed the donkey, uh, but um, uh, I I know, but the spirit or the specter of it, yeah. you know, seeing, the other people have talked about seeing things in storms. Like obviously, there's light and there's things and there's science, but people have talked about it. It's interesting. I wonder what it is about a storm that sometimes brings these things forth. I, I don't know. It's it, again, storms are forces of nature and they are things that uh, we still don't fully understand. There's a reason we don't hundred percent. We, we kind of know how hurricanes are formed and how, you know, you know, tornadoes are formed and all that. We know what it takes to do it, but why does it not happen sometimes? Why does it happen other times? What, you know, what's that spark? So, you know, yeah. It's, it's again, an unexplained thing. We've had several of those this episode is uh, yeah. unexplained things because I have no doubt there's science, but I know there are other stories and stuff where people talk about, and we'll get into them, but there's somewhere like there's even when a hurricane comes, there's one you were going to go dive into about when a hurricane comes and you can see the ghost walking the shores. Halsey's Island. Yeah. That's uh, North Carolina. We, we mentioned it, the gray man. Yeah. Great spirits. yeah we mentioned that on uh the previous traveling episode so yeah, yeah it goes up whenever there's a storm looking for his lost love he never found her and well, uh, that's that's that stuff there's a lot of storm ghost stories there's a pirate ship that got washed off by a storm into the everglades and and because they were traveling the thousand lake the ten thousand lakes they never found their way back out to sea and their ghost ship is only seen in storms in the everglades so it's Oh. There's neat stories like that all throughout. So it's true. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story with us, Rick. Yes, Rick that and was I'm, I'm sorry your family lost Sailor. He sounded like a cool, cool mule, you know, which yeah, for I those that don't know, Rufus. a mule is a combination of a horse and a donkey. Yep. And I think your great uncle Rufus and your grandfather, you're right. They're, you know, I think they, yeah, they saw some things they didn't understand. So I, I agree. So Keep sending them in, listeners. Thank you so much. This has been amazing hearing your stories. We love them. What a roller coaster of an episode, man. This is oh, wow. Great. So, so much heart All strength. the emotions. Yes. Oh, so many emotions. Oh, oh okay. Well, I guess until next time, huh, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So in the meantime, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. You know, follow us on YouTube now. Uh, we will be posting more shorts up there because that's what we've been requested to do. Uh, of course, you can also follow us on all the other Instagrams at Erie Travels uh, and all the other socials. So thank you so much as always. And we'll have the wonderful Destiny Beard play us out and we'll see you on the other side.